welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading The Spirit in the Glass Bottle. Once upon a time, there lived a poor woodcutter who worked from morning until late into the night. When he had finally saved up some money, he said to his son, You're my only child, and I want you to have an education. So I'm going to give you the money that I've earned by the bitter sweat of my brow. If you learn something honest and decent, then you can support me in my old age when my bones are stiff and I must sit at home. The boy went off to a university and studied so hard that his teachers praised him, and he stayed there for some time. After he had studied at a few universities and was still trying to master everything he could, his father's small earnings ran out and he had to return home. Ah, said the father sadly, I have no more to give you. In these hard times, I can just about earn enough for our keep and not a farthing more. Dear father, answered the son, don't even think about it. If this is God's will, then it will all turn out for the best. I know I can adjust. As the father was getting ready to go out into the forest and earn something by chopping and piling up cordwood, his son said, I want to go and help you. But that will be too difficult for you, my son, said the father. You're not used to the hard work, and you won't be able to take it. Besides, I have only one axe and no money to buy another one. Just go to our neighbor, answered the son. He'll lend you an axe until I've earned enough money to buy one myself. So the father borrowed an axe from the neighbor, and the next morning at daybreak they went out together into the forest. The son helped his father and was quite cheerful and alert. When the sun was overhead, the father said, Let's rest and eat our lunch. After that, the work will go twice as fast. The son took his bread and said, Why don't you rest, father? I'm not tired. I want to take a walk and look around the forest a little to see if I can find birds' nests. Don't be so foolish, said the father. What do you want to run around for? Later on, you'll be tired and won't be able to lift an arm. Stay here and sit down with me. But the son went out into the forest and ate his bread. He was happy and gay and gazed up at the green branches to see if he could discover a nest. He searched all over the forest until he came to a huge, dangerous-looking oak. It must have been hundreds of years old at the very least, and it would have taken more than five men to span it. He stood still, looked at the tree, and said, I'm sure that many birds have built their nests here. Suddenly he seemed to hear a voice. He listened and heard a muffled voice calling, Let me out! Let me out! He looked around him but could not detect a thing. It appeared as if the voice were coming out of the ground. So he called out, Where are you? I'm stuck down here in the roots of the oak, the voice answered. Let me out! Let me out! The student began to clear away the brushwood and search among the roots until he finally found a glass bottle in a little niche. Then he lifted it in the air against the light and saw something jumping up and down inside that resembled a frog. Let me out! Let me out! It kept crying, and since the student suspected no harm, he pulled the cork out of the bottle. Immediately, a spirit rose out of the bottle and began to expand itself. It grew so fast that in a few moments a horrible fellow, half as big as the tree, stood before the student. "'Do you know what your reward will be for letting me out?' the spirit asked in a frightening voice. "'No,' the student answered fearlessly. "'How should I know?' "'Well, I'll tell you,' cried the spirit." You're going to get a broken neck. 
You should have told me that in the first place, responded the student. Then I would never have let you out. But my head's going to stay right where it is until we consult a few more people. I don't care about more people, exclaimed the spirit. You're going to get your just reward. Do you think that I was being held prisoner in there for such a long time because people felt pity for me? No, I was being punished, for I'm the almighty Mercurius, and I must break the neck of anyone who lets me out of the bottle. Take it easy, said the student. Not so fast. First you must prove that you were really in that little bottle, and that you're not a fake. If you can really get back inside, then I'll believe you, and you can do whatever you like with me. That's as simple as pie, said the spirit contemptuously, whereupon he proceeded to shrink himself and make himself as thin and as small as he was before. Then he went back through the opening and down the neck of the bottle. No sooner was he inside than the student took the cork he had pulled off and shoved it back into the bottle. After that, he tossed the bottle into its old place among the roots, and the spirit saw that he had been outwitted. Now the student started back to his father, but the spirit cried out pitifully, Oh, let me out! Let me out! No, answered the student, not a second time. I'm not about to let anyone free who's already tried to take my life once, especially after I've got him where I want him. If you let me go, called the spirit, I'll give you enough money to last you as long as you live. No, responded the student. You'd only trick me just as you did the first time. You're throwing away a golden opportunity, said the spirit. I won't harm you. On the contrary, I'm offering you a generous reward. Well, I'll risk it, thought the student. Maybe he'll keep his word. Besides, he can't harm me. So he pulled out the cork, and the spirit rose up as high as he had the previous time and expanded himself until he became as big as a giant. Now you'll receive your reward, he said, and handed the student a little patch of cloth that resembled a bandage and said, If you rub a wound with one end, the wound will heal. If you rub steel or iron with the other end, it will turn into silver. I must try it first, said the student. He went over to a tree, sliced the bark with his axe, and rubbed the slit with one end of the patch. The bark closed immediately, and the wound healed. Now everything's settled, the student said to the spirit, and we can part company. The spirit thanked him for setting him free, and the student thanked the spirit for his gift and went back to his father. Where have you been keeping yourself? Did you forget that we have work to do? I told you you'd never be able to finish the job. Don't worry, father, I'll catch up. Catch up, said the father angrily. That's no way. Watch me, father. I'm going to chop that tree right down, and it's going to make a big crash. He took his patch, rubbed his axe with it, and gave the tree a tremendous blow. However, since the axe had turned to silver, the blade bent. Father, just look at the bad axe you gave me. It's all bent. His father was taken aback and said, Oh, look what you've done now. I'll have to pay for the axe, and I don't know where I'll get the money. You're useless. Don't be angry, answered the son. I'll pay for the axe all right. You dumb head, cried the father. What are you going to pay with? You've got nothing except what I gave you. Your head's full of ideas from studying, but you don't understand the first thing about wood chopping. After a while, the student said, Father, I can't work any more. Let's call it a day. What's this now? He answered. Do you think that I want to sit with my hands in my lap like you? I've still got work to do, but you can head home if you want. Father, this is the first time I've been in this forest. I don't know the way home. Please come with me. 
Once the father's anger had subsided, he let himself be persuaded to go home with his son. Then he said, Go and sell that damaged axe and see what you can get for it. I'll have to earn the rest to pay back our neighbor. The son took the axe and brought it to a goldsmith in the city who tested it, put it on the scales, and said, It's worth $4,000, but I don't have that much in cash. Give me what you have, said the student, and you can owe me the rest. The goldsmith gave him $300 and owed him 100 After that, the student went home and said, Father, I have the money. Go and ask our neighbor how much he wants for the axe. I already know that, answered the old man. One taller and six groschen. Then give him two tallers and twelve groschen. That's double the amount and should more than do. See, father, I have the money to spare. And he gave his father a hundred tallers and said, You'll never want for money, and now you can live in comfort. My God, said the old man, how did you ever come by this fortune? Then the student told his father how everything had happened and how he had struck gold by trusting in his luck. Then he took the rest of the money and went back to the university, where he continued studying. And since he was able to heal any kind of wound with his patch, he became the most famous doctor in the world. The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. And if you're in iTunes, would you mind leaving a review or clicking on stars to give this podcast a rating? It helps other people find the tales, and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. (laughs) ¶¶